0: 100 episodes of whiskey noobs if that's not a reason to bust out my keep calm and podcast on glenn cairn that my sister gave me and my only bottle of weller foolproof then i don't know what is but before we get to that you are listening to the whiskey noobs podcast and for those of you who are new here i am your host chris So yes, we will be drinking Weller Full Proof in this episode because it is the 100th episode of Whiskey Noobs. Now, when I started this podcast in my one-bedroom apartment, still in my last semester of college, I began this podcast... Before I had even finished college yet, I didn't know if it would get this far, and I could say that the logical half of my brain definitely did not think it was going to get this far. I didn't think I'd ever be number one on the iTunes charts, which we were there for a little while around the new year. I didn't see this becoming what it has become with the following that it has, and I'm so grateful to you guys who like the show, who review the show on iTunes and on Spotify and share it with your friends. This has become so much more than a hobby, and it's all because of you guys, and you might not even know this, some of you listening, but this idea actually just came from I was washing dishes, and I loved listening to podcasts while I was washing dishes or when I'm doing any kind of remedial task like that, and I thought, man, I wish I could learn more about whiskey while I'm doing this, but I don't want to look it up on YouTube because then I'm going to feel like I need to be watching the video. I want an actual podcast. Now, there are some other whiskey podcasts out there and there are even some that are pretty darn good. At the time, I didn't know about them and honestly, they still weren't suiting the niche that I really wanted to listen to. I wanted something that was going to introduce me to whiskey, teach me about the history of whiskey, and then also help me with reviews, walk through reviews with me, teach me how to properly drink whiskey, teach me how to get past that burn a little bit more. Although at this point, I was already past the burn most of the way, I would say. But I wanted something like that, and I thought to myself, if I could figure out how to do this, I had already had a little bit of experience with podcasts before, and I thought if I could do this then I could make it exactly that way. I could make it so that it was interesting for newbies and taught new people things that you need to know when you get into the hobby, made people more comfortable with the hobby, and I could also make it so it's interesting enough for the veterans who have been in the hobby to still want to listen to it and learn new things from it, recap old things from it, or just hear reviews and hear good conversations with good people. That is where all of this started at. So, I feel like a hundred episodes is a pretty good milestone to take a minute and redefine what whiskey noobs is. I want to redefine the Whiskey Noobs podcast, reset our course a little bit. Talk about things I've learned over the past 100 episodes and what I'm going to do with that knowledge. And all the while I'm going to review Weller Full Proof because I know this is a bottle that is very hard for some people to get their hands on. A lot of you at home might be wondering, is it worth buying that bottle? And so I am going to do a review of the Weller Full Proof. I'm going to walk through it nose, palate, finish. Not quite as in-depth as the uh john's lane the powers john's lane that we did a couple weeks ago but i'm still gonna walk through it and we're going to talk about things that we have learned from the first 100 episodes of whiskey noobs we mostly being me because i don't really know what you guys have learned i know what i've taught you and hopefully you've learned those things but let's talk about whiskey noobs and enjoy a glass of well or foolproof Right off the bat with the Weller Full Proof on the nose, you've got that Weller or just weeded bourbon in general, creamy vanilla sweetness. But the thing that I love about Weller Full Proof is it brings some more interesting things to the palate. It always reminded me a little bit of like a citrus. I had had this at a tasting before. This is the only bottle that I've ever owned, but I've done a tasting of Weller Full Proof and a couple tastings from this bottle as you can see if you've seen the the videos with this bottle in it but i like that it it brings more to the palate or to the nose than just those sweet weeded bourbon notes, which you would expect for the price, right? It doesn't just have that sweet vanilla and that little bit of oakiness. It's also got a little bit of a fruitiness. It reminds me a little bit of like a citrus, or at least it did the first time around. And I think I can see some citrus in it this time around as well. Maybe there's a little bit of dark fruit mixed in there as well. And then there's a little bit of like a black pepper, which is not an overly dominant spice that you would get from a weeded bourbon typically. And it's just enough in at least the nose of this Weller so far that it adds a little bit of complexity. If you haven't caught on already, I'm a big fan of Weller Foolproof, so this is going to be a good review. Uh, but I will talk at the end a little bit about whether I think you should buy it or not. So I'm going to keep nosing this whiskey and we are going to look back and a hundred episodes. hundred episodes makes me want to look back and say what do I stand for? What does the Whiskey Noobs podcast stand for? What I didn't have when I came out with those first few episodes as a college student getting ready to graduate, what I didn't have was information from the listeners because I didn't have listeners. Because when I was in the first couple of months of this show, I maybe had a couple dozen of you actually listening to the show. So, I, I didn't have the feedback that I have now, and I certainly did not have the social media followings that I have now. So I want to look back a bit at the show and say, what do we stand for? What have we learned from the feedback of everybody who has reached out, DM'd? I do see a lot of your guys' DMs, and I apologize that I don't get to respond to all of them, but I try to respond when I can. So, some of my favorite types of messages that I've got from people, these aren't going to be word for word, but a lot of these I've gotten on more than one occasion or at least some form of it. And with this, I can kind of learn about where the podcast I think should go. The first is really what I set out, even in those first couple of episodes, what I set out to do. And those are the folks who message me and say, I was intimidated by whiskey, but I always wanted to get into it. And maybe I was intimidated by seeing people who seemed snobby or just not knowing where to get started. And those people who message me and say that and say, but with your podcast or your videos, your TikToks, your reels, your uh, YouTube shorts, whatever, with those videos, with that content, I felt like I was able to get into it. And especially some of the folks will say, With the guests that you had on and the little experiments and weird things you were doing with whiskey, it made me realize I shouldn't be afraid to try whiskey, ask questions about whiskey, throw out notes, whether they sound smart or stupid doesn't matter. And those types of messages are great. That is literally what I set out for in the beginning. The person who says I was intimidated by whiskey, I always wanted to get into it. I was always too scared to, but your podcast or your content helped me to get into it. Those are great messages to get and that just for me confirms that that first decision that I made for that to kind of be the pathway has worked out so far and I definitely want to keep going that way because I'm enjoying it. I do want to lean a little bit into like the experiments and things like that which we will touch on a bit more here at the end of the episode but I realized that I think that was a good path to go and I hope you guys are liking that. I hope I've broken down that intimidation a little bit. I was the type of guy who was very intimidated by any kind of a hobby. I'm the type of guy who I walk into like a barber shop that I haven't been to before and I feel intimidated. I feel like I am an outsider. And whiskey feels that way for so many people sometimes, so I wanted to help break that down, bring people on the show who don't even like whiskey, do tastings with them, myself say stupid notes that aren't even right according to depending on who you ask, and show you that you can have an opinion, you can throw out your ideas in this space. And most of the time, most of the people will be accepting of it. So that's the first type of comment that I love to get. The second type of comment is I used to only drink blank, but now I can actually taste the flavors of whiskey. So I drink whiskey. And a lot of times these type of comments are framed in such a way that to me, it implies I used to binge drink. I used to only drink Bud Light or something like that. So like I was drinking to get buzzed, but now I can actually taste the flavors of whiskey, which to me implies, or I'm hopeful implies, not for the buzz. I'm I'm drinking it to enjoy the flavors of whiskey. And that's really important to me as well. It's very important to get that point across of not binge drinking. Um, not drinking for the buzz. And I think a lot of people feel the need to have social drinks, to drink so they don't feel othered, or maybe they just enjoy alcohol and want to enjoy a drink on occasion, but they don't want to binge drink. And I think whiskey's a great way to do that. You know, you can be drinking, not for the purposes of the alcohol, but actually just to enjoy this artful expression that a distiller prepared for you. So those type of comments I love to get as well that are implying that it's somebody who used to drink for the alcohol and now they're drinking for the whiskey. That is a great distinction to make and I love to hear from people who who talk that way or who tell me that that's what's happened in their life. Another type of comment that I've gotten, and these have been fewer, but I really enjoyed these types of comments. I had some people reach out to me and actually say, hey, thank you for being openly Christian. And if you haven't been around very long, maybe you haven't caught me talking about my faith very much, but especially in Q&A episodes, sometimes people will ask me about my faith or something that relates to my faith, and so Christianity comes up. And I actually had people reach out and say, hey, thank you for being openly Christian in this space and, you know, not using your platform to jam it down people's throats, but using your platform to say, yeah, I'm a Christian and that's not what I'm doing on this podcast, but I am a Christian. I want you to know about it. And that is awesome to hear from people saying that. That made me feel so good to read some of those messages because yes, I am a Christian and I happily talk about my faith whenever it comes up. I don't want to come across as pushing people away or trying to like use this as a diversion to make you all Christians, but I am a Christian and I would love if all of my listeners became Christians because they found out I was Christian. That would be amazing to me. And I think that plays well with the trying not to binge drink, trying not to drink alcohol for the buzz, um, getting away from that kind of a mentality, and also with the welcoming other people in mentality. So I appreciate that some of you appreciate my Christianity, and I will happily answer any questions about my faith that anybody has, just an FYI, especially for those Q&A episodes, things like that. But don't be afraid to ask. I'm not afraid to answer, but I appreciate those comments, because those those make my day to read. Now, this last one that I want to talk about, I've gotten similar ones, um, but I'm picking the one that stood out the most. I've gotten messages kind of like this before, but one person actually messaged me and said, your podcast gave my dad and I something to bond over. And maybe that person's listening right now. And I want you to know your message. I believe I responded to it, took the time to type out a pretty fairly long response. I hope I did. If I didn't, I apologize. But I want you to know that that meant a lot to me. That was awesome. Awesome. The fact that my podcast gives you and your dad something to do together and to hang out whiskey for me and my dad is that whiskey cigars, those types of things are for me and my dad. That's what they are. They are a bonding time. We hang out and we have a whiskey. I get a new bourbon and I'm like, you got to try this one. He gets a new one. He's like, you got to try this one. So to hear somebody say that it gave you something to do with your dad, that is awesome and I've gotten similar messages by people saying this gave me something to do with my friends this is this has helped me to talk to other people because I'm meeting people in the hobby and I'm help it's helping me to be a bit more social and you might recall all the way back in episode 1 I talked about the camaraderie of it and I love to hear that I'm helping to spread that camaraderie even if it's just a little bit I love to hear that. And hopefully, especially with like the Patreon, where it can be a little bit more intimate of a setting, you know, I have at the moment, I have like 93,000 followers on Instagram. It's really hard to really talk to the people who really care about the podcast. So I like that about the Patreon that I can do that. Hopefully with that, we can get even more of that culture kind of growing where the people who are serious about the Whiskey Noobs podcast can talk to me and to each other and really get more of a community started up there. So I love to hear that it's helping with camaraderie. It's bringing people to meet other people or to talk to people who are already in their life like their dad. That's awesome to me. So those are a few of the really good comments that I've gotten. And I already kind of touched on what I want to do about it. But I will summarize where I see this going uh, over the course of the next 100 episodes or 1000 episodes or whatever we end up on. So I will talk about that. But let's talk about Weller Full Proof for a second. So a lot of you I'm guessing are wondering if it's worth buying especially if you see it at like a secondary type price. And I wanted to throw this review out there because it's it's probably the rarest bottle in my collection right now. And if I was you, I would want to know whether it's worth buying or not. So, I had the privilege of getting my hands on it. This is not using podcast connections or anything like that. I stood my butt in line in the freezing weather. And I got myself a bottle just like the rest of the guys in Ohio. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to get it. And so I think it would be really good to give you guys a review of it. For those of you who don't know, Weller is made by Buffalo Trace and it brands, Weller is branded as the original weeded bourbon. Now, who knows if it's actually the first Wheated bourbon ever to come out where you took out the rye and you put in wheat instead in the mash bill, but that's what they brand themselves as. Full proof is proofed down to 114 proof. So this is not to be confused with cask strength, barrel proof, anything like that. Uh, This is full proof, which is a little bit different. They take it out of the barrel at higher than 114 proof, and then they proof it down to 114. Now 114, why is that full proof? They call it full proof because that's the proof that it leaves the still at when they go to put it into the barrels. So it comes off of the still at 114 proof. I don't know if they add any water before putting it in the barrels or not. Sometimes they do. Uh, But then in barrels, it becomes more concentrated most of the time. It depends on your climate and your temperatures and things like that. Most of the time, the whiskey gets more concentrated. And so it goes above that 114. And so then they proof it down to a consistent 114. Now you may have listened to the episode where I talked about the Weller lineup, because I did the tasting that I mentioned, and I talked about what I got from that tasting. I believe that tasting was Special Reserve, Old Weller Antique, Weller Full Proof, Weller Single Barrel, and Craft Your Perfect Bourbon. So I didn't have Weller 12, I didn't have William LaRue Weller. I later on was able to try Weller 12, and I have to say, I think out of all of them, aside from William LaRue Weller from the Antique Collection, because I've never had that, um, the main six, let's say, uh, Full Proof is my favorite, or at least it was in that tasting. Maybe depending on the single barrel, maybe the single barrel will be my favorite, but depends on the barrel, right? But for for that tasting, Full Proof was my favorite, and I was thrilled to get my hands on a bottle just by actually hunting uh, and being out in the cold, like I mentioned, but why did I like it? Well, I already got at it a little bit. I like the complexity of it. I like that it is, it tastes like a weeded bourbon. It smells like a weeded bourbon, but it's got a little bit more than just wheated weeded bourbon going on. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit. So let's get a palate on this whiskey. This episode is brought to you by the Whiskey Noobs Patreon page and all of the awesome folks who support it. Head over to Patreon now and sign up for exclusive behind-the-scenes content, voting power, in polls that determine the course of the show, and typed out reviews and even more. You can find the Patreon page through the link in my bio on either TikTok or Instagram and click the button that says more content on Patreon. Check it out now if you want more Whiskey Noobs in your life. All right, that is a good glass of bourbon. So, What am I feeling on the palate and on the nose a little bit? So I'll I'll re-elaborate on the nose. I'm still getting some oranginess, definitely some spices, but like nice warm spices like cinnamon, maybe some brown sugar. And there's that touch of black pepper that I mentioned. A little bit of oakiness, definitely creamy. And then on the palate, that follows. So on the palate, I am getting that like creamy vanilla, almost like a bourbon cream, like that type of creaminess. And then you get more of some of that orange and maybe what I would even call stone fruit. Um, it's reminding me of that type of a fruit, maybe like a plum or like a darker stone fruit. And then, um, but it's not the same way those flavors would present themselves in scotch. Cause in scotch, you're going to have that with like a honey and maybe like a clove or in scotch or in like Irish whiskey in this it's that is being covered with like cinnamon and brown sugar. So it's more of a deeper type of a flavor. So I'm getting these cinnamon, brown sugar, almost like fall potpourri type of of flavors along with that fruitiness and then you once again still get a little bit of that spice a little bit of that black pepper and then the 114 proof cranks it up a little bit to where you're getting you're experiencing quite a bit of body it, it has a full body to it that's the other thing with uh like irish or with scotch you might have a little bit less body you might have and i'm not dissing irish or scotch because you guys if you've been listening long enough you know that i love irish whiskey and scotch whiskey but my point is that uh this is just different from that in that regard, that this has like a punch to it. It's got some spice to it, and it's got these deep types of sweetness, not the pale kind of sugary sweetness, but like the molassesy, brown sugar cinnamon type sweetness so far. Uh, I will try this here again and get a little bit more developed of an opinion on it, but that's my, my initial reaction. And it's all, like I said, it's all brought together by this sort of creaminess. Here's something pretty strong that I'll add to the mix. I didn't even think of this, but almost like an aromatic pipe tobacco. It has that creamy but still rich and dark type of a flavor, like an aromatic pipe tobacco. Maybe the the taste of it and almost the taste of like a really dark chocolate. So you're getting those rich, dark flavors in conjunction with these light, sweet flavors. This is a very complex glass, especially at the $50 range. So I I said I was going to talk more about price, um, and maybe I'll just do it right here because I'm, I'm on the topic, right? This is $50 in Ohio. That is an unbelievable price for this whiskey. If you find it for $50 in Ohio, I think you should buy it, and I think if you don't like it, you can sell it to a friend for $50 who will love it foolproof just has it has body it has complexity and it has sweetness from the weeded bourbon aspect of it along with these deeper richer flavors that's what i love about it uh so I personally am a pretty big fan of foolproof. It has nice uh, barrel characteristics, a little bit of oakiness. It's definitely a little bit tannic, and it leaves a little bit of that tannic bitterness on your tongue, especially on the finish. You continue to have some of that tannic bitterness. But the way it plays with the flavors, and you get this on some bourbons. Uh, Woodford Double Oaked is a great example of this. You get the tannin, but it is almost masked by the flavors that it is with. So with full proof, I'm getting this bitterness, but with the way the flavor profile it is, it almost comes across as like a pipe tobacco, which it has, you know, pipe tobacco, or just like a, a nice aromatic style cigar. It has that bitterness to it of the tobacco, but it is masked by this creamy sweetness. And that is how this comes across as well. Almost like I had a French vanilla pipe tobacco at one point. It almost reminds me of that. Um, If you've had like a a nice strong vanilla pipe tobacco and you put your your nose in the bag of it or near the bag of it and smelled it, that is the kind of vibe that I'm getting from it. So, so far so good. Uh, I will talk a little bit more about it and read you the notes that they say that you should get uh, after we talk about where the podcast is going. So let's talk about what I learned from those types of messages that I mentioned up above, where I mentioned I get those types of messages and they made me feel good. And what did I learn from that? Well, I learned first and foremost, I want to be a welcoming voice in this space. Too many people get scared away from whiskey. They're afraid that the things they're going to say could be quote-unquote wrong, as I mentioned earlier. They're told that they shouldn't drink it that way. They're told that they're afraid to offend snobs. Like, in general, they're afraid to offend snobs. They're afraid that if they put their whiskey on ice, a snob is going to hate them for it. Or if they don't like their whiskey on ice, a different type of snob is going to hate them for it. And what you what you learn the more you're in the space is... There are snobs on both sides of every issue. There are snobs that hate bourbon and love scotch. Snobs that hate scotch and love bourbon. Snobs that hate ice and say you can't drink whiskey with ice. Snobs that love ice and say you're not getting the true profile if it's not on ice. There are snobs on all sides of the aisle. So for anybody listening right now who's like afraid to put themselves out there with the whiskey crew – do whatever you want and drink it. However you like it, because you're going to encounter snobs no matter what. And when they say something to you, just say, I'm sorry, I don't enjoy it the same way that you do or say whatever it is that you want to say to that person. But don't worry about being scared away. It's, it, it's one of those things that you got to get so used to it. I think I've been, you know, maybe a trial by fire because I'm on the social medias. So I get dozens of comments every day telling me that I'm doing it wrong and I'm an idiot and my palate is dumb. I had one person actually say, uh, that not only were they, was I wrong about the, what I was saying about the whiskey, but it said a lot about my palate that I had that opinion about that bad of a whiskey. That's what somebody actually said to me. And I was like, sorry, dude, that's just my opinion. So don't be afraid to quote unquote, get it wrong, drink it wrong. Any of those things, those people they are in every space and it seems more intimidating with whiskey. I don't know why, I guess, cause whiskey is thought of as this like manly thing, even though it doesn't need to be. I'm friends with a lot of women who drink whiskey. A lot of my influencer friends are female. Um, so don't worry about that. Don't worry about, Any of the intimidation associated with it. But moving forward, I want to be as welcoming of a voice in this space as I can be. And so that is one of my big goals. And hopefully you guys can continue to give me your feedback on if I am being a a helpful voice in the space, a welcoming voice. And that brings me to my next point: is I do want to be a Christian voice in the space. I don't want this to be a podcast about Christianity, but I do want to be an openly Christian, and I don't want to be. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I don't. I'm not going to say that I don't want to be afraid to talk about it because I'm not. Um, but it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard line to walk because. I'm not trying to promote alcoholism. I'm not trying to promote binge drinking. And a lot of Christians don't do any form of drinking, and I fully respect that. But a a lot of Christians fall into the camp that I am in, which is alcohol in and of itself is not bad. Drinking enough alcohol to be drunk or excessive drunkenness is where it's a problem. And so I don't have a problem with tasting whiskey to enjoy the art form that it is, to enjoy the masterpiece that it is. No problems with that but it's a hard line to walk. So I want to I want to be a little bit better at walking that line and mention, you know, mention more often that I am a Christian and that I try to keep it sober. I try not to focus on the binge drinking or the buzz or any of those things, but I'm focused on the art form of it. And even for those who are not Christian who are listening, you're atheistic or you're not Christian whatever it is, and you don't care about the Christianity side of it, what I do want to come across as is it's okay to not drink to the point of drunkenness. And luckily I do see this growing on social media lately that you don't need to drink at all necessarily. But for those of us who love whiskey, you don't need to drink to the point of being drunk. You can have a glass of whiskey. I try not to drink whiskey every night. If there's a day where I don't have to do a review, I purposefully don't drink at all that day so that I, I don't drink. And I usually that's a few nights a week that I don't drink at all. And then I'd say the majority of the week, I drink one to two glasses to do reviews or to learn about a glass that I can give you guys a review, those sorts of things. So it's, it's very easy to go over that line, especially drinking something as strong as whiskey, but I want people to be aware you don't have to. And in my personal opinion, the whiskey is more enjoyable. Your life is more enjoyable. Waking up the next morning is more enjoyable My next workout is more enjoyable when I don't go over that line and when I stay on the sober side of it. I'm not judging anybody who does. I'm just saying I want people to be aware that that is my personal stance on all of this. And that brings me to my next point about not judging you guys and that being my stance is I want to spread the positivity in the camaraderie and I want the people who follow me, especially those who follow closely and are listening to the show right now. I want you guys to be about that as well. I want – I've had people who follow me and they'll almost comment things that come across as snobby and they'll almost say like, write those idiots or something like that and I don't want people to think I support that. I want to spread positivity. If you are at a bar, you know, I make jokes about drinking whiskey on ice because I think I can make those jokes. I think it's funny. I am totally okay with anybody drinking their whiskey on ice. If I have a friend who does, I'm absolutely going to bust his balls about it because that's just the type of guy I am. I love humor. But I don't want anybody to misconstrue that as negativity or judgment. I would hate nothing more than for one of my followers to be at a bar or a nice cocktail bar, restaurant, something, and be like, Oh, you're drinking your whiskey on ice? You know that's technically not the right way to do it. You know that you would taste it better. That's not what I'm saying. I personally do not like ice. I have friends, as you guys saw the episode with Bryce, who don't like their whiskey on ice. That's not to say there aren't people out there who prefer it and who get a better idea of the whiskey while it's on ice. That's totally fine. But I don't want anybody to misconstrue anything I say as negativity. Rule of thumb, if I say something and it comes across as negative it's either a joke or I miss misspoke or I'm giving an opinion that I have, but I'm not judging people who have the opposing opinion to be very clear about that. I would love nothing more than for all my followers to be a positive voice in the space. It's it's, you know, I can only make so much of a difference from behind the microphone. It's being at, you know, the cocktail bar or allowing a friend to try your whiskey or talking with people who are also in your groups or in in the hobby about these things. That's where we can really spread the positivity because The snobbery, the opposite of that, has gotten horrendous in whiskey culture, and I want to get rid of that as much as I am am able to. So I I want that to be a big staple of the podcast. And then I also, kind of the last point runs into the last point. So the last two points run together. But I want to be known for being the opposite of snobby. I don't want you guys to think that I am snobby. I give these super in-depth, super long reviews sometimes. And I think that's great. I think that's meditative. I think that makes you present. That doesn't need to make you snobby. And that's also kind of a misconception online. If you say that this reminds you of the coconut sunscreen that you had on a vacation when you were four years old to Myrtle Beach, if you say that, people think you're like this snob. No, I'm observing it as in-depth and as detailed as I can, but here's how I can be the opposite of a snob. I like to do fun experiments. Not so long ago, I had Justin on the podcast and we ate pickled ginger with our whiskey in order to see if it could cleanse our palates because it's a palate cleanser for sushi I I like to do those fun types of experiments, and I want more of those to come. I do say the super detailed notes, but I do not think that I am outright correct. I don't think that my notes are better than anybody else's notes. I'm giving you the super detailed idea of what it is tasting like and smelling like to me in that moment. And then I also say some pretty hillbilly sounding notes. If you haven't noticed, I say that this, that green spot reminds me of the flavor of licking an envelope. Those sorts of things. If it reminds me of something specific, I'm going to tell you what it's reminding me of. That's just the case. I just did a review on a barrel product that reminded me of like a sarsaparilla soda. Um, So I'm not afraid to say what's on my mind and you shouldn't be either. If it's reminding you of something weird, you don't have to say oak, cinnamon, caramel, vanilla, spice. You don't have to say those things. You can say whatever it is that it's reminding you of. So... That is where I'm trying to head with the show. I want to be a welcoming voice. I want to be a Christian voice. I want to spread positivity and camaraderie and not snobbery. And I want to be known for being the opposite of snobby. So if you guys know me as anything, know that I'm trying to be the opposite of snobby. At some some point in everybody's whiskey journey, they're a little bit of a snob. I've even seen myself slip into that a little bit, be a little bit judgmental, things like that. And it's so hard to not do. It's so easy to be judgmental. And I want to do the harder thing. And I hope that you guys do as well. And that's to not judge, not be snobby. Enjoy it the way you like it. And let other friends try your stuff. And cheer on anybody who's trying to truly enjoy it for the, the work of art that it is. I think that those few things are the most important message that we can spread in the whiskey community right now. And there are other creators doing an amazing job of it. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying, once again, I don't want you guys to think I'm being negative, but I don't want anybody to think I'm saying like, oh, cause everybody else sucks so bad at it. No, there are other creators doing a killer job and I'm working with some of them and you'll see more of them on the show, hopefully, uh, as the time goes on, but I'm just saying, Those creators, myself, you guys, we all need to spread the positivity because this is, as I think you've noticed if you've been with us for 100 episodes, this is such an amazing hobby that... Hopefully, everybody can enjoy it, and I know that that stinks when you're in line for Weller Full Proof, and if you're like me, you pull up to line, and there's 20-something people in front of you, Uh, but on certain days, like the day that I pulled up, you just get really lucky, and there's 30 bottles of Weller Full Proof. There's room for everybody in this hobby. There will always be other Weller Full Proofs and other bottles that are much easier to find that are still amazing. So, that's my soapbox. That's where Whiskey Noobs is headed That's what I've learned over the past 100 episodes and where I want to take it over the next 100, 200, 300 episodes. Maybe we'll check in every 100 episodes. We'll see where we are 100 episodes from now. But I wanted to recap that because I think this is a really good vantage point to look back at what we've done and look forward to where we're headed. And with that, we are headed into many more interviews as I think the release of this episode you guys have seen. I want to say you've already seen a couple interviews very recently, and there will be more interviews coming up, and I'm still trying to set up even more of them. We're going to have some pretty interesting people on the show, some really fun ideas and fun people to have on the show, so I'm really excited for that. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it fun and keep it, most importantly, keep it positive. That is the plan for Whiskey Noobs episode 100 through 200. Now, let's finish up these Weller notes, this Weller foolproof tasting. So I'm going to go to the Buffalo Trace website, who does distill this, as I mentioned, and see what they have for tasting notes. What Buffalo Trace says for tasting notes is... Having a nose of vanilla, dark cherries, and caramel. On the palate, there is a balance of caramel and toasted oak. The finish is said to be long with notes of creme brulee and chocolate. There's a lot that I agree with here, and there's a lot that I disagree with here. And I haven't mentioned it yet this episode, but... Don't ever read the notes that a distiller gives you and think that you have to agree with those notes. That's definitely not the case. And you, it's okay to disagree with them. But what I like to do is give my unbiased opinion before I read the notes, read the notes, and then try to see where they're saying the same thing as me. They're just saying it with different words, because that will happen sometimes. Most of the time, there'll be at least some overlap. And I like to look at that, because I like to explain to people that you can say a fully different set of notes than I say, but we might be talking about kind of the same thing. It just reminds you of different things. So let's start with the nose, vanilla, dark cherries, and caramel. I think that's a pretty good summary of the nose, but as I mentioned, so for me, the fruit was not really dark cherries. I got a little bit of like a, an oranginess that almost reminded me of like orange cream. Cause that vanilla is definitely a creamy vanilla. Uh, and it reminded me a little bit of like an orange cream, I got some cinnamon. They don't really mention a lot of spice. They mention toasted oak on the palate, but there's definitely spice in this. A little bit of cinnamon. For me, a little bit of black pepper. uh, Just enough to keep it complex and keep it interesting. And then on the palate, they say there's a balance of caramel and toasted oak. I don't think that does the palate any amount of justice. I get so much more from the palate, but... Once again, could just be me, could be my palate condition, but I get a little bit of like a fruitiness, uh, still some of the fruit I mentioned oranges and I mentioned maybe like a plum or like a stone fruit on one sip that I did. It almost reminded me of way back in the day. I think they're bringing it back actually, but way back in the day they had Dr. Pepper berries and cream. I don't know if anybody remembers this. When I say way back, I'm talking, golly, I'm going to guess that I was like 10 years old. So like 2008 in that area. Uh, they had mountain or Dr. Pepper berries and cream. It reminded me a little bit of that. It reminded me of like strawberries and cream, something like that, or as I mentioned, like a stone fruit. But it's definitely got a fruitiness to it. That fruitiness is overpowered mostly for me by the sweetness, but it's there. So it's kind of hard to pick out what it is, but it's there. And they don't even mention it on the palate. And to me, that is doing themselves a disservice. Fruitiness. They say caramel. I say brown sugar, you know, potato, potato, whatever. To me, it's darker. It's more caramely, more molass or more brown sugary more molassesy than caramel, personally. Toasted oak, what I like about toasted oak is to me that always evokes a little bit of spice, maybe a touch of like a char, but not, you know, not an intense charred oak, or they'd say charred oak, but a touch of like a, a smoke. A touch of spiciness. And I do see that. I see a little bit of that sort of nutmeg y cinnamon and then that touch of black pepper that I mentioned. And then the finish, they say, is long with notes of creme brulee and chocolate. What I like about that, I like the creme brulee because, as I've been saying throughout this entire tasting, this is a creaminess to it that I really enjoy. I love creme brulee as well. It's got a creamy, custardy type feel, taste to it. And then the chocolate I also like because I mentioned it's got that tannic bitterness. So it's kind of to me like a dark chocolate, but you get that bitterness from the tannins, especially on the finish, but it pairs well with the sweetness to remind me of what I said was like a French vanilla tobacco. And if you think about this is what I mean by me saying potato, Buffalo Trace saying potato. I said, Something like a French vanilla tobacco. Well, break that down. What's that mean? That means something vanilla-y, something creamy, and something slightly bitter and darker. They said creme brulee and chocolate. What is that? That's a creamy vanilla custard and something slightly more bitter. They didn't say dark chocolate, but let's read between the lines here. A little bit of dark chocolate, something darker. It's a potato-potato situation. I love to do that with notes because a lot of times you can see how If this person experienced way more creme brulee in their life than I have, and I experienced way more tobacco in my life than they have, I might say tobacco, they might say this. Anyways, I just, I love diving deep into those sorts of notes. Let's mention one last time the price, right? I have seen this for absolute bonkers pricing, and I would not pay the absolute bonkers pricing unless you have the disposable money to do it. But I like to think that if you have that amount of disposable income, you can do better things with it. But, Um, That's coming from a guy with a ton of whiskey in his basement. So, I would not judge anybody for spending some of the crazy amounts that people spend on this. I would not recommend it though. I think it is a great bottle. Let me throw a number out there. I've seen it. I think higher than this, but let me just throw out like two hundred and fifty dollars. Just I don't. I I should mention I don't buy from the secondary market, so I don't know secondary pricing most of the time. But let me just throw out a number and say two hundred fifty dollars. I personally would rather have three 80 ish dollar bottles of whiskey than have just this bottle. And that's where it's not worth it to me. Uh, but if you find it for like 50 or if you find it, I personally, I have a couple of bottles on my shelf that are closer to the hundred dollar range. This is a very biased thing that I'm saying right here. I want to, I want to preface that. This palette I enjoy specifically more than all the other Wellers. So like I really like this bottle because you guys know I like the other Wellers as well. So for this one specifically, maybe I would spend up into that 80, 90, maybe even $100 range. I'd have to really think about it before I would do that. But, and this is, once again this is for me. This is not me telling you that it's worth that much. Because a lot of you will go out then and buy it for $100 and be like, that was super disappointing. And it will be if you're not specifically into the way that this tastes. I love to try things at bars first for that reason. Get an idea of what they taste like and maybe you'll be disappointed. But, I've bought bottles for $60, $70 that I don't like as much as I like Weller Full Proof. So I I would spend a little bit more than the $50 you pay in Ohio. I think it's $50. Hopefully, it still is. They just updated a lot of Ohio pricing, but it used to be $50. I would pay a little bit more than that for certain. This is a pretty solid bottle um, and... I can't say enough good things about it. I really like Weller Full Proof. I hope that all of you get the chance to try it. And hopefully you were able to try it alongside me on this episode if you did manage to get your hands on a bottle or on a sample or on anything like that. But... That is all that I can say about Weller Full Proof and all that I can say about the show. So I hope that gave you guys a good idea of where we're headed moving forward. And if you're interested in buying yourself a bottle of Weller Full Proof, hopefully this gave you an idea of whether you actually should or not. Very enjoyable nose, very enjoyable palate, very enjoyable finish, uh, and a very enjoyable 100 episodes of Whiskey Noobs. Thank you all that have been listening, that have been telling people about it, and very importantly, have been rating and reviewing the show on iTunes or on Spotify or wherever you listen. Those help so much more. Ratings and reviews help so much more than I think a lot of people realize. So I'm so grateful to those who have. If you haven't, I ask that you please take a minute and do that. It doesn't have to be a long review. It doesn't have to be a five-paragraph essay, um, but a little bit goes a long way. So I appreciate all you who have done it. I appreciate all of the patrons. I appreciate everybody who's been with the show since day one or joined on and has been enjoying it since. If you started on episode 99, if this is your first episode, episode 100, welcome to the party. Welcome to the group. Uh, We are moving forward, spreading some positivity and hopefully making it accessible for more people to get into the hobby. So thank you guys all for listening. I will leave you with for the 100th time, learn to drink, drink to learn. Thank you for listening to this episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review to help grow the show and get the word out. You can also find more Whiskey Noobs content on Instagram at whiskey underscore noobs and on TikTok at whiskey noobs podcast. If you want to drink right along with me, make sure to join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com with a subject line saying email list. You will receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of time and drink right along with the show. Once again, thanks for listening to this episode. The Whiskey Noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol.